This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Well, welcome everybody to a midweek edition of the Forever Bristol City podcast. We're in joyous mood because of final score at Ashton Gate on Wednesday night. It finished City 2, Preston 1. That's only City's second win in 19 games, stretching back to 13 games against the Lily Whites from Lancashire. I'm pleased to say that joining me are three guys that were, uh, well, very much part of uh, Forever Bristol City podcast when we were uh, in lockdown and watching the games without uh, having to be there. And that is... Uh, Dave Fevs, good to have you back, Dave. As always, Ian and Mark as well. Morning, chaps. You're feeling uh, pretty, uh, pretty reasonable today, yes? Yeah. And a little, and yeah. a little horse, and a little horse. Yeah, and a little horse. As we normally do, uh, we are talk to you all and give ask you to give just a not the detail, but just your thoughts on the final whistle and reflecting overnight in brief terms. Dave, thirty seconds from you. What did you think? What are your thoughts now? Uh, I thought obviously it was a much better improve, uh, performance than than what happened at Birmingham, which was a you know a pretty shocking performance. Um, and I thought for the large majority of the game we were the better side, um, and I thought we deserved deserved the win. And um, I think it'd have been a bit of a travesty if we'd have only come away with it with a point. So yeah, massive massive booster going into the you know the next spell of games. Absolutely, Ian, your thoughts in uh, in in brief summary form. I'd echo that. <clears throat> I think we desperately needed the three points. We've been in a, in a poor run of form with intermixed with some decent performances, Norwich away, and culminating in that awful Birmingham game. So it, we desperately needed the three points. And I completely agree with what Pearson said after the game. Uh, he wasn't going to start doing backflips around the car park, and nor, and nor will I. But we needed it. I think it was great for Rob Atkinson, although <laughs> Pearson's summing up, talk about Dan with faint praise. Um, but he, he was right in everything he said. So I'm, I'm pleased we've got the three points. It's a kamikaze division. I mean, we're three points off the playoffs and, and after the run of form we've had. So it just goes to show that if we can 
put three or four results together. And with players like Callas, James, uh, com- coming back into the fold, uh, and Naismith, uh, we can put a run of games together. There's nothing stopping us getting in and staying in that top six, barring catastrophic injuries. So yeah. Yeah, it's not my my assessment so far is it it ain't a great division, Dave. No, no, and that works both ways as well, top and bottom. Because if you get on a bad run at any point at the wrong end of the season, you could be in uh, you could be in trouble. The sort of run we've just come to the end of. Mark, your your thoughts on the on the game? I think both the other guys felt you know we deserved the win, uh, and the Birmingham had set a very low bar for improving against. But what were your thoughts, Mark? I thought we found a, a new level after conceding that equaliser on eighty two minutes. I think most most fans in the stadium thought City would either eke out via a one or draw, or we go on to lose the game. But City found a way to win. They played played into Preston's hands in the first half, and poor passing. And Preston were happy to let us play the ball wide, and just play you know pump crosses into the box that have been easily dealt with. In the second half, we found a way to utilise Antoine Semenyo by pushing him on. To uh, to Lindsay and 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 Greg Cunningham and they just couldn't cope couldn't cope no. with that and I think the uh, the 90th minute winner how often do we get last minute winners it was great and we managed out those probably nine minutes of injury time because Semenya was injured right before the restart really well so we played better we passed the ball better but we looked solid we looked aggressive. And we found that way to win. And that's a real positive against a team that had only conceded six goals this season. They don't care if we get them from corners. There's different ways to win matches. And we found ours when it looked like it was running away from us. So I'm delighted. Excellent. Excellent. OK, let's get back to uh, team selection. I'll start with you, Dave. I mean, statistically, we've got a defence that's conceded more. Uh, uh, only Hull have conceded uh, more than us, uh, I think. Um, and statistically, dropping your goalkeeper. <laughs> a big surprise to you that Bents became a casualty and Hanoa, King and Wells also being uh, omitted. I won't say left out, omitted from the starting lineup. But the controversial one was uh, Dan Bentley, you know, and is he, is, is he culpable in those goals against three dead ball situations on Saturday? Maybe it was time to make that change. Your thoughts on that? I, th- I think he was culpable on Saturday. Thought he was very poor for, if anything, the first and the third goals. For first goal, he he, he backpedaled and left himself in no man's land. And then third goal was, you know, don't know what he did. He just kind of stuck out a, a pretty weak hand at a, a cross that came in and didn't get anything on it. So I I I was surprised that Nige did kind of a twist last night and, and go with O'Leary. It's kind of quite a big game to, to do that on, you know, on the run, run we're on. But sometimes you have to, you know, make brave decisions. And that's what, what he's paid for. So, yeah, I was surprised. I think mm. there was a few a few whisperings going on that, you know, people might have thought that Bajik might have come in and, and kind of usurped both Max and Dan, but that, that didn't happen. So I guess there's a little bit of, you know, Nigel's selection policy, you know, bearing out there and... Uh, not going too drastic with it, and yeah. you know, generally, Max did all right. Yeah, I thought he did, particularly that save uh, which uh, came uh, too, just yeah. uh, just before their just before their uh, equaliser. And it's interesting you say about Badgett because you know the cup run will will he get his chance against Lincoln, which is a few weeks away yet, or 
you know, will, will Max hold that position down? We don't know. Ian, the other changes, uh, Mark said on uh, Saturday that, you know, Hanoa Masengo you know, shouldn't or probably wouldn't wear a Bristol City shirt again. So it was no surprise him being left out. Um, King, uh, experimental centre-half. Tim Close showed what centre-half should do. Wells being left out. A little bit unlucky, but what were your thoughts on Bents and those other changes from Saturday? Well, I think when you make those make those changes, you need to win. Otherwise, the finger's going to get pointed. I mean, I, I didn't see the Bentley one coming because up to now, I think he's had a pretty good season. Uh, Masengo had one of those games where he's just basically anonymous. Um, and when you see the... I was talking to a Preston fan the other day and he was saying, well, what, what's happened to that kid? It was brilliant against us because you remember when we played Preston away... Yeah. He was out of this world, and the Preston fans were raving about him. So um, I said, "Well, he's just a bit meh, really. He, he's he's good sometimes. He's not good others. Doesn't score, doesn't assist. What is he?" Uh, which is what I've always said about Han. Um, so that didn't come as a surprise. It didn't come as a surprise that um, Semenyo came back in. The pairing with Conway, I thought, was an interesting one because I don't yeah. think we've done that before. No. So. Uh, but he made the changes. He's proved his point. We won the game. Uh, and overall, although it's a very low bar, the per- performance was five, six, seven times better than it was at Birmingham. So, you know, you can't criticise the manager when he makes changes and, and the team wins and deservedly so. Yeah. And they were all in it. I've got to use a picture for this episode when we publish it of uh, the joy on the faces when Atkinson gets that winner. You know, the, the, the team spirit is, is is there. I mean, Mark, as sticking with you on the uh, the, the, the change selection, um, were you surprised it was O'Leary that came in for Badgett? It would be a bit harsh on O'Leary if he's been sat on the bench. I mean, Badgett's yeah. not even been in the match day squad yet. So Yeah, no, Badgett's, yeah. Badgett's had an injury. I can't remember what it was. Some, somebody would have to remind me. Hand. But um, St- our friend Wrist. Steve... Um, uh, Ian came into the coffee shop before the game and he said that when Bentley went down to pick up the ball before Trusty scored the second goal, it was like he was trying to feed his cat. I mean, he was that, it was that casual that it was, it was unbelievable. And uh, I think a member of this team brought me up on, on it. I, I should have said that I didn't think that Han should play, be a player. I said players. I should have said player. Uh, when I was referring to Noah's Masengo's um, effort on Saturday, I, I was that annoyed. I wouldn't normally say that about a player not playing shirt again, but he was so anonymous, it was untrue. But it was player, it, it wasn't players. But it's a real statement when you when you drop your goalkeeper. It doesn't happen mm. very often unless they're injured. I thought Leary O'Leary was was very good. Good com- communicated well with the back three. He uh, came out a couple of times. Uh, you know, to make to make saves, especially when um, Johnson played Maguire through, very very quick, looks looks steady, um, and I think um, that that was that one shot uh, before the goal that Reese had. We um, got to remember that um, that closer pushed him wide, so he didn't get the, he didn't get the power in it, so he made a comfortable save to the right, and Viner uh, hit the hit the rebound, you know, cleared the rebound to safety, but closer. He's just unruffled. Very steady player. Obviously, if the ball's played behind him, he gave away that that dare free kick uh, when Viner was was caught out of position in the very rare occasion that they got behind us. Because Preston didn't have 
No, we'll get into the action in a second, Mark. Uh, one no, thing no, I want to say, Mark, the defense yeah. played well, and I think a lot of that was down to Tim Closer. Very good in central defense, you know, 34 years old. And of course, he went down injured as well. A bit worried for him. He did. No, we saw him clatter down to the ground and, and, got, and got up. And it'll be interesting to see if uh, Dylan Kaji keeps that uh, position on the bench as, as the young, energetic midfielder. And maybe we have seen the last of. Hanoa Masengo, because whilst he can go in the summer, I don't think based on his overall form, and as Dave said, he was fine against Coventry, but be awful on Saturday. Maybe he has played his last game for uh, for Bristol City before he goes on to pastures new, and uh, maybe we'll look back in years to come as to what might have been with uh, Hanoa Masengo. Well, let's get into the action. In the first half, um, it really was all one-way traffic with City, as I saw it. I sit the Atio side, the lower lands down and the play seemed all down our end. Lots of endeavour, you know, certainly in the first uh, few minutes, but poor crossing, lack of final ball. We've heard it all before, but it wasn't a bad opening uh, half, although I can't particularly think of uh, any highlights. Any highlights for you, Dave, in that opening 45 minutes? You know, we, we deserve to be ahead based on, I won't say chances created because he never really tested the goalkeeper, did we? In, in boxing terms, we were well ahead on points, I think, is yeah. probably how you'd de- describe. I think Conway had a chance in the first couple of minutes, which would be interesting if anyone on the call to the um, Dolman stand who could get a better angle of how close that was to kind of getting deflected in at the far post. I think that might come from a free kick or a corner mm. who went out to the back post and he hit a half-volley drive that looked, looked really close from me, 100 metres away. Um, so I'm not quite sure how close that was. And I think there were lots of chances where we got around the box I thought Semenyo and Conway didn't quite show well enough and I kind of was sat there at half time thinking if we're going to have that much kind of possession around their final third are we better off with someone like Chris Martin who we can like bounce passes into and then yeah. runners runners off of um, you know we'll talk about second half in a, in a moment um, yeah. there were a few balls where we kind of tried to knock it either inside the full back or down the side of the centre half and we just we just didn't quite execute it, they, or they got a toe in, and it was a bit of a, a a kind of frustrating first half. It felt a little bit like Coventry in some respects that our final ball would would let us down. Um, mm. But that's Preston. I've just put a couple of comments to to the same effect that they play they play deep, or they certainly did first half, and they and they suck any space out again. They're happy for you to play in front of them, which is what we did, but they didn't give. Conway or Semenyo any room behind because there was no room behind and, and to be honest they probably felt that they they played a pretty decent first half themselves in terms of taking all the sting out of the game. Yeah, no that's right, they'd have gone in happy with that. Ian, sticking with you on the first half, uh, Neil said on the text, love watching Williams first half, showed the player he could be. I thought he looked very energetic first half, seemed to tire a bit in the second, but Williams and the overall first half, Ian, any memories from, from your perspective? Conway seemed to get bundled <clears throat> off the ball more than one would like. And I pick up Dave's point about Martin would have been physically better, but he is he, he's so far off the pace now, I think, Chris Martin, that any energy, I'd sooner have the energy of Conway than the physicality of uh, Chris Martin. What were your thoughts on that first half and those comments, Ian? Well, the answer is it, 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 de- it depends how you want to play. If you're going to play the ball in behind, as we did more of in the second half, particularly the ball down the right flank from Zach Viner, 
whose passing was so far off in crossing in the first half, um, it was was off. Um, well, that's nice music. Um, I think we. Uh, I described Semenya and Conway in the first half as static. I thought their yeah. movement their movement was poor. We got round the back. We got the wing backs in enough to play some effective crosses. But unfortunately, Jada Silva can't cross the ball, um, or he might he might get one in forty, right? But it's that's a problem because if you're playing with wing backs, a lot of the opportunities in football, uh, a lot of the goals are scored from crosses. And yeah. if you've got two blokes, uh, Sykes better, but hasn't been brilliant until that uh, the left-footed clip well, into the box for Atkinson in the second half. But in the first half, um, yeah, I, I thought we we played well enough uh, without creating anything and and without putting them under uh, insurmountable pressure. We, we should have done better with the possession we had. And this is one thing I've noticed from the game, is we dropped down to the fact we didn't have as much possession as them last night. Now, when I looked at the stats at, at Birmingham, and I, felt, I saw we had 58% possession, albeit we every time we had it, we seemed to give it away and then try and get it back. But it, it is a funny thing with City, and Nigel Pearson says this, that we're not a great team in possession. Yeah. We're we're a side that gets a lot of goals on the break, and uh, that's that's how we would prefer to play. Get that transition right, and that's what we did well with the WSM. And uh, first half showed what one what a couple of changes, key changes can do to the side. Williams in midfield, closer at the back, was a giant. I think in every sense of the word, because the number of times I watched him. And he's telling Viner and Atkinson where to yeah. go. And perhaps yeah. that's what they haven't had. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Which maybe points the finger at Naismith. We'll come on to him because everybody said, oh, wouldn't it be great when Callas and Naismith get back? Yeah, interesting. Talk about that in a moment. I, I, I think I think Ian and uh, Dave, Mark, have done the uh, first half to death. Let's get into uh, the second period, City attacking their favoured uh, was it South Stand? It's called these days, isn't it? Still want to call it the East End. City attacking down that way, and as Ian just started alluding to, you know, the ball was pinging around inside the box, and it's probably the only thing Sykes did all game. But that was a tidy little cross that he put in, and there was Atkinson with the first goal on them. Um, Fifty-five. Take us through the goal as you saw it, Mark. Well, corner came over and it's recycled back to Sykes. Um, and it sort of goes up in the air to Conway, so he's got his back. To, he's got his back to the player, controls it really well, facing away from goal to the right of the penalty area, not on the edge of the area, and then plays it back into into Sykes. And it's a lovely, delicate little ball uh, into the centre of the six-yard box, and Rob Atkinson just takes the pace off the ball, and it's in the back of the net. Simple as that. It was a tidy Very finish, calm, wasn't it? I just calm. watched it on it was, replay. It was calm, morning, yeah. assured play. Not like the frenetic play of the first half. This was a lovely constructed goal. You know, there was a few swings of the foot. But when that ball was brought down, Conway did well. Sykes, excellent little 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 chip shot onto the green if you're a golfer. And there's there's Rob Atkinson just takes the pace off and is in the back of the net. And yeah, Dave said on up. the text that he thought Viner got a touch to that on the way across. I've but, seen, uh, a, seen a video of it, he did. He did. What, just yeah. give it a little flick? Yeah. 
Yeah, but it was oh, a great well. header. I mean, a goalkeeper sort of like, <laughs> he, 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 and defensively, it was almost as bad as we were defending from uh, set pieces. Good goal from your perspective, Dave. You know, right at the start of the second half, you know, it meant Preston had to come out for one of a better uh, description. Yeah, I, I, I think in the kind of preceding minutes as well, we'd had a, you know, Antoine had suddenly got free a couple of times. I think, mm. you know, from what I said first half in terms of Preston being very deep, I think both. Semenyo and Conway started the second half deeper, and, yeah. then, and both of them got a bit of ball that they could turn onto and run at them. And then I think Williams put Semenyo away, didn't he, down the kind of their left back channel and created a bit of mayhem. Um, and I think if anything, it then pushed Preston to play a bit higher up the pitch, and that's when we started to get our gaps. And I think yeah, we were we were kind of playing quite well at that at that point. Um, it was a decent corner from Alex Scott that originally got kind of headed up in the air. Um, bit of a goal mouth scramble cut of as you say legs being thrashed at it <coughs> you know to get a shot away and then eventually a bit of composed play and a, and a good header because if, if Viner did get that well he did get a little touch on it that might have just change the direction of the flight for, um, for Atkinson he just kind of put his head on it and let the kind of pace of the ball do, do enough do the work past, do past the hard work yeah yeah no I, I, I agree with that I mean Ian uh, Dave's just said Semenyo came alive in the second half. I mean, there was one shot that, you know, he really got power into it, which was uh, saved, I think, or at the very least parried by the keeper. And then more trickery from him on the byline. Um, you know, he, he he looked the player that we want him to be, Semenyo, didn't he? Well, apart from his finishing and his final yeah. ball, uh, there was one occasion we were a goal up. He's done his, his usual, smashed his way past people from a very tight space um, near the byline and, and near the uh, 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 throwing line. And uh, in he goes. All he's got to do is get his head up, roll the ball across the six-yard box, and either I think it was either Sykes, Conway, or Sykes, in, uh, uh, Feynman and Conway, had a tap him. And he's gone for it with his left foot and absolutely blutered it out of the ground. And, and when he's when he had a go at those shots with his left foot, I noticed his right foot slipping. So he was he was slashing at the ball. So he needs more composure in those situations. Uh, the shot, the the right foot shot that the keeper kept kept out, that was a good save because that was that had lots of swaz on it and 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 a few mile an hour of pace. Um, so I I think that. Um, He's, uh, uh, yeah, I think his performance, I would say that's possibly apart from Huddersfield where he came on and really affected the game. I would say that was his, his better performance in the second half, but he needs that that bit of composure with his finishing and his, his crossing. Um, and I think when he does that, you really he's will the real player, player, the player that he looked at the end of last season because he's, he's so strong and powerful that when he, he gets you one-on-one -on -one as a central defender, you ain't going to push him anywhere. If he's if he's facing goal and he's on the ball, you're in trouble. And uh, and, and he proved that last night where he, he just eased people out the way and uh, on, an, on another day he could have had a hat-trick. But he needs to put that 10-15% of composure into his game and, and then, oh boy, he's going to be a player. Yeah, yeah. Somebody turn their mic down a bit. There's a bit of feedback coming in. That's right. It's gone now, whoever it was. Um, Mark, uh, we talked about Semenyo. Uh, Preston, they had to come. That save from uh, 
Max O'Leary, uh, in, well, a few minutes before their goal, actually. But uh, that, 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 that was a good, really good display, getting down well and, you know, a goal then and it maybe would have rocked us a little bit more than the eventual equaliser did, yes? Yeah, I think I think Williams lost it, or the ball was behind him. But I think the, the thing with that I mentioned earlier that closer pushed Reese Reese wide, so he couldn't get full power into it. He was at an angle when he when he hit the ball, and O'Leary got down low, powered it wide, and there was Viner to Viner to tidy up. And that I think that was the only clear cut chance they had in the second half. Um, apart from apart from that goal, nothing in, nothing in yeah. injury time of uh, of any of any note. Yeah. So, so we kept it really, really tight at the back. It was, a t- apart from the goal, a bit sloppy again. We defended pretty well. I was, I was quite pleased from, you know, from 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 corners. Um, nothing to be nothing to be frightened about at all there. It was really no. good. And the goal, since you, you, you've mentioned it, and I'll ask Dave and uh, Ian the same question, but the goal, I mean, it was the only, I think it was Tim Close that committed the foul, um, where he let the guy get past him, but uh, Brady, tidy little player. So that's Robbie Brady, isn't it? I think, mm-hmm. yeah. Put the free kick in. Um, should we have done better with it, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I think the Preston player, I don't know if it was Reese got to the ball first before any of our defenders. He didn't know where it was. I think he's on about the uh, he's in the six yard box. He just passes it back to Andrew Hughes, who gets his knee over the ball. Hits it, you know, down into the ground and pass and past O'Leary. Again, slow, slow to react. Should somebody come out and and tr- and, and take that ball or or make make first contact or are they worried about about giving away a penalty? It's just where you know we're reacting when really we want to get the we want to get the first contact in there and, and and the Preston players got it and it's just too easy. There's bodies behind the ball when when. Uh, Hughes, Andrew Hughes gets to it, but nobody nobody blocks it in time. He just smashes it through. Yeah, Dave, the back Dave, of that. Yeah, Dave, the goal. You know, it came what ten minutes to go, and you're thinking, oh god, based on current form, you know, are we going to concede late on? But you know, it was it was another goal that won't look good when they review it because it's from dead ball situation again, wasn't it? I think it's just one of those things, really. You know. <laughs> I always say, if you put a quality ball in, it's very difficult to to defend. Sorry, got the bin men just coming coming past, um, <laughs> and and therefore, you know, a bit like our goals, you know, or certainly you know the, the the winner. If you put a quality ball in, it's difficult to defend, and and that's what it was. I just just put a message back to Mark there saying it was it was one of our defenders, it was either um, Close or Viner, who got the first touch to the dropping ball. So we probably did get the first contact. Ah, right, sorry. Couldn't get a good contact, and it went to uh, Hughes, who, who slashed it in. So it was a bit of force. Just one of those things. I guess the you know the build up to the free kick was frustrating because um, the ball. I think they, I can't remember which player had it in the midfield for them, and he, whoever it was, showed to come short towards the dugout. Viner tracked him, and it's probably the first time that Closer hasn't followed. I think it was Reese who we eventually fouled. Kind of all game really, and and Reese got a little bit of space down the down our right hand side, and then cut back in on close. Who I got to say how he didn't get booked for the because he just had a big swipe at his legs, and I think Vyman got booked for having a having a moan. 
And, and yeah. you, know, you know, with City, you do worry, don't you, from those... Well, we'll have stuff. our own special section in this episode about Keith Stroud in a moment. But yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah it's just... I think it was disappointing free kick to give away because I think if Close had attracted him in the first place, he wouldn't have got in the kind of poor position where he had to had to foul him. Yeah, no, absolutely right. That was the you, one. And then the you ones. start worrying, don't you? Think, oh, we've you know we've this this looked like a one 0 game, and all of a sudden there's one. Or are we going to do more. a do a forest like last? Season? Oh God, that was almost well. exactly a year ago. Uh, was that your thoughts, Ian? When uh, that went in on eighty-one minutes, you know, you're thinking, oh Christ, you know, are they gonna? come on to us, yeah, because they've been containing us most of the time and they probably had a little bit more uh, energy. And the manager, up until that point in time, I don't think had made uh, any substitution. Well, he made a substitution on 85th minute. But what were your... When uh, Conway was replaced by Wells. But uh, did you fear the worst, Ian, when they got that equaliser? Well, I, I thought that Preston would probably settle for the draw. Yeah. Uh, my fear was that we might, but we didn't. Um yeah, it, it, it was a Brady is has been around a long time. He's got a good left foot, and it was it was a good free kick. It was a kind of delivery we should put in more often. Not these uh, blutered things up into the air, over hitting everybody, going to the far post. Um, and I thought our until Scott's corner, I thought our set pieces were pretty poor last night. Uh, but it. it once you get that, if you don't get the first contact and it's a, a real good one, I mean, you either and you get it out the box and in the air, and the ball starts dropping on the floor. It's a crowd scene in the box. Anything can happen. Anybody could score. Uh, Riley Taylor scored his first league goal, and that was a very similar one. Um, at at uh, what was he, was he on loan to Wimbledon? Wimbledon. Yeah, and uh, he got his first first uh, league goal. And if you see the clip. Uh, that was very similar. It, it just finished up at his feet and he smacked it in the net. So it's one of those things. And, and I think overall, we defended far better last night. So I'm not going to complain about one incident. It wasn't. Was it great defending? No, it wasn't. But sometimes you've got to give a bit of credit to the opposition and the fact they delivered a, a, delivered a good free kick. Uh, yeah. And mind you, Closer gave the free kick away in an area where uh, you'd hope an experienced player would have just passed the guy on. But there you go. Yeah. Mark, the winning goal, um, it was our turn to get a dead ball and uh, Atkinson literally threw himself at it as the ball came across, didn't he? Well, it was right on, on top of the goalkeeper. We see we see opposition teams do that all the time. I remember when we played Barnsley a couple of seasons ago, they played, the, every corner was played right under the bar. So players, you know, with our zonal marking their players were running in you know just needed contact to edit and edit into the net and it's good to see that we're doing it perhaps woodman could could have come out and challenged him he just stayed on his line but you know there was rob atkinson right on the spot and it's great to score a last minute goal and it was from a good bit of pressure because the um for the corner because i think i don't know if it was the menu put a crossover and um Naki Wells was just about to volley the ball. You could see him drop his shoulder, ready to yeah. spit into a shot, and the defender just got the head on it to put it behind on the left-hand side. But what you know, the crowd sucked those sort of uh, crosses into the net. But I haven't seen uh, Scott deliver a better ball. You know, and his, most of his free kicks are poor. I mean, we got a, a free kick at the end of the first half that was just left. Didn't the even clear the first man, did it? I remember Didn't that. Didn't clear one. the first man. No, he to drive it in low or yeah. chip it to the back post after Semenyu really hard 
Well, it was like a short corner, that free kick that Scott had, wasn't it? Yeah. And Robbie Brady showed how it should be done, didn't he? When getting that equaliser. But anyway, yeah, this one had pace. It's hard to return that position for Alex Scott. It's hard to get the ball up up and down there for for what you're trying trying to do. And when you're trying to put in with pace... That's that's the kind of you know, the nature of that type of cross that unless it's on the money, it's going to feel frustrating. It's either going to hit the, f- the first man or it's going to go over the top. And and mm. when Scott first came into the side, his free kicks and his and his corners were were, were pretty good. And I, I think he's just he's dropped off a bit. But as I mentioned earlier, the the, the the corner that led to our first goal was right on the money and, and their guy ended up kind of heading it up in the air. So I think he, you know, he started to find his range last night. Um, mm. So, you know, just, just be a bit mindful. I think, you know, on the forum last night, everyone was putting, oh, get Scott off the free kicks, get Scott off the free kicks. The famous last words type thing that he, you know, got one on the money for, for Atkinson in the, the, in the in the in the last minute. Yeah, it was a great so header. Point, point and it, to be, fa- to be fair, he got a good free kick against Blackburn as well. I remember when he put that ball in. Yeah. Uh, that that Naismith, that well, Naismith didn't score when Wells when Wales scored, didn't he? Got yeah, the ball want, over the line. I just want to make a point about you know saying you know the the kind of ball that opposition teams put on us. Um, some of you may recall Freddie Woodman was the the goalie for Swansea when Casey Palmer scored directly from a, yeah. from a corner. Yeah. And he's, and he's weak, you know. We we look at kind of Max and Bents as not commanded area. He's, I would say, he's probably the one of the worst in the division for commanding his area. He's he's, he's not over tall. He's probably like six six foot one, six foot two, um, but he's quite slight and he doesn't dominate. And I think that was definitely an intention for us, us last night was to put. Is he is he put, still on loan from Newcastle or is yeah, he permanent yeah, signing? To put to put Andy Woodman's son, isn't he? I think. Sorry. Mm. Andy Woodman's son, remember the old new cat, uh, the old yeah, 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 Brentford yeah. goalkeeper, yeah. isn't he? Uh, who had quite a quite a colourful career. Okay, well we got the goal. It was our turn to get a last minute goal, which was great. It's always great uh, to do that. Uh, and then uh, the referee um, signalled seven minutes of time added on. Ian, there was a moment Neil commented on it when uh, I think one of our players was being treated for uh, injury, where. He literally pulled everybody into a huddle and was playing the leadership, the captain type role that I've never seen Bentley do that. And although with Bentley out, Vyman took on the armband, but that's what we need back there is somebody like him. And I think you said earlier, and it rubbed off on Atkinson and Viner, who both had decent games, but uh, he showed leadership qualities there that aren't particularly overtly recognised from the 11 that usually put the red shirt on. Yeah, well, closer, it was evident when he came in last season. He's a, he's a talker. And uh, he's also a good defender. And, and I think that that's the, the key thing for me, that you have somebody at the back, and with O'Leary seemed to put some calmness into the defence, but so, so did closer. Closer put a lot in, and he's continually... For example, telling Atkinson, who less was playing non-league football two or three seasons ago, telling him where to go, and the same with Zach Viner pushing him on and, and encouraging the midfield players to to come in. So he's got a lot of experience, and uh, if if you've um, when you when you play football, one or two people in your in your team can completely change completely change things. And when somebody said to me once, well. 
two players aren't going to change a team. Will you imagine if we had Erling Haaland and Kevin De Bruyne turn up at Ashton Gate and play for us? You know, you imagine you imagine that if you don't think two players can change a team. And last night, the the changes he made, and I'd, I'd say particularly Closer and Williams, yeah. were complete. I mean, if they'd have played at Birmingham, we wouldn't have played like we did. So it, it's a there's there's a, a bit of a lesson there. I know he's only just back from an injury and some uh, personal issues, whatever they were. I'm, I don't don't not really that interested to be honest. It's it's of his personal business. So you, you welcome back. First Sorry? First child. Uh, yeah, I understood his wife had a baby, but there was some talk it wasn't that. So, but as I said, I don't get interested in people's private lives. I, I never read about them and I, I'm not interested. I'm interested in what they do on the field, Dave. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to see, uh, yes. And and it when you've got Thomas Callas and you've got Naismith, um, they may need to, fo- well, not Callas, but they may, need, they may need to force their way into the team in a different position. And for Naismith, that might be left wing back because we know he can cross a ball. And it, it might be as a holding midfield player, depending on where we are with injuries. And, well, let's talk, talk about know, we, we, Let's not forget, we, we've still got, we've got five players out um, with uh, with injuries. Two, two yeah, long no, we, have. we have, we have. Okay, Mark, just to finish on the, 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 the match action, very briefly, um, you know, we we saw the game. You know, seven minutes is a bloody long time, isn't it? You know, to have added on, and with our nerves that are usually quite shredded as fans, never mind the players. But you know, we ran out worthy winners, and uh, you know, it was great because that's that little run of four games. Uh, you know, three at home, one away. Where I said prior to going into that run that we'd want to get, you know, maybe seven points. Eight would be lovely. We've ended up getting four, and it was such a desperately needed win last night, wasn't it, Mark? Yeah, um, I think because of the nature of the way that we lost the Birmingham game, we haven't we haven't played that poorly this this season. Um, like I said in the last show, I think we were on, you know, the way circumstances are. If we'd if if we'd have played, been able to play Preston on that Saturday, the tenth of September, confidence was was sky high after Blackburn. And then it was going to be marginal against Burnley and Burnley and uh, and Norwich. We should have got at least two points in those two games. And then we play QPR, who've since shown us what a good side they are. You know, with four wins out of the last five and a, and a draw, so they've shot up the league. So we played. I think we've actually played better in games this season. But we we were better organised and closer. Just slotted so well into the yeah. into the back three. Like I said, he just he's just unruffled, a uh, very calm presence at the back, uh, where you know when we play out from the back. Whereas Naismith, you think he's got a rick in him, although he's you know he can pass the ball well and run into that you know runs into that space that that closer doesn't definitely doesn't do because he he's more of a first ball defender and and he mm. just manages he manages you know he's not the fastest so he's really got to position himself well and and for a thirty I think he's thirty four year old. You know, a class player to have won promotions with Norwich. You want that sort of winning experience 
um, in 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 your back three. So I, you know, I hope, I hope they keep the same. You're just talking about keep. If you go on the Keith Stroud, just if I can start this well, off. Me, I, I want to ask Dave. I leave, leave Keith Stroud last of all. I just all want right. to ask Dave a couple of things because I've been on for a while. Uh, Dave, Andy Vyman, last season I described him as the champagne season of his career, and this season he's reverted back to the Andy Vyman that is always going to give you 100% plus. Uh, he's always going to get you a few goals, typically between 8 and 12, usually in little runs rather than consistent. Um, what did you think of uh, What did you think of Vyman last night? I thought he was okay last night. I, I thought yeah. for, first half he got into some good, good positions, certainly got on the ball a lot last night, which is some... Sometimes you know he doesn't always get on it a lot. Um, I thought he was gen- generally okay. I think, yeah, he's probably not in his tip-top form, and we've probably had a little run of games where he's not. You know, he's not probably. You know, we've not played well, and there, and he's not played well either. But I, I think you know, I listened to Saturday's pod, and, and Ian made a point about you know the WSM, and I think you know I'm a big believer in like partnerships and pairings can make a make a big difference and I think there's a difference player behind Wells and Conway than there is playing behind um, Martin and, and Semenyo and, and last night we had half of it um, in, in Semenyo but I think you know there's adjustments to be made and actually there were, there were times last night when Vyman ended up we went for a spell in the second half after we scored our goal and Preston brought on Ledson in particular he got on the ball he was the, the chunky chunky guy in midfield and they started to pass it a bit and then we made a little tactical change where instead of playing um, kind of two central midfielders and one number 10 we ended up then pushing Alex Scott back to be like a, a almost like a, a proper defensive midfielder and then Vyman and um, Williams played as normal um, kind of central midfielders and and that was kind of got us our grip back on the game because mm. we stopped them being able to get their centre-backs too far forward. They, 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 their centre-backs split quite wide in the end but they didn't, they didn't do anything to threaten us. So he, he, once again, he does lots of things that, you know, perhaps, you know, people who kind of follow the ball a, a lot when yeah. they go and watch games don't necessarily see. So I thought he was decent enough last night. Yeah, yeah. One, one, and on the wing-backs. One, one last on... season, Andy Vyman, but no, he's still worth his worth his place in there. I mean, yeah. you know, the, from a captain's armband perspective, you'd really want to give it to close, I would think. But there we go. And also on individual players, it would have been a great surprise on uh, last night's team selection, Dave, if uh, Jada Silva had made way for uh, Cam Pring. Yeah, would you agree with that? No, I, you know, I'd certainly be, before the game, I'd have been really, really tempted to start with Cam. I thought he did well when he came on against mm. Birmingham um, on on Saturday, but probably Jay's just about got enough credit with Nigel. I think once again, someone else earlier on on the on the tech stuff, kind of saying that you know the silver shouldn't play, and, and I think Jay's quite key to how we play. He just needs to improve his, his final ball, and and you know that's been a criticism of, of mine probably <clears> for the last two seasons. Really, he, I think there was an occasion second half where he's just hit an area. You, when you get in that good a position, you can't hit an area. You've got to hit a man. And he just slings a ball in, into an area, and, and he needs to do better there. And I think if we do that, you know, that's that's probably the icing on the cake for Jay. But I think generally in his possession play and things like that, he's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Ian, um, 
Zach Viner, he had his critics. I thought he had another good game uh, last night. Unfairly booked, for goodness sake, when uh, he sort of almost ran the ball out of play. But Zach Viner's performance, um, you know, when you look at when we started to get a fully fit squad, uh, and I'm talking Naismith and Callas being available for selection, unless you start to alter the shape of the team, Zach's the one who drops out, isn't he? But he played okay again last night, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And he he did deserve to get booked because he ran the ball out of play. He didn't get booked for that. He then proceeded to boot the ball away with his left foot. Right. Um, and you don't give a referee like Keith Stroud that kind of ammunition. The same with Vyman Gobinoff. Right. Don't do it because he's not going to change his mind. We know the guy's. Uh, we know the guy's an idiot. Um, scarily for me, the scariest thing is he ain't the worst referee we've had <laughs> by far. And I mean it. Um, he, and he's a poor referee. So make make of that what you will. Um, but he's, um, yeah, it, it, I mean, he, give, he gave too many free kicks. It, it wasn't as bad as the guy at, at Birmingham because, I mean, absolutely every time a bloke fell over, he got free kick. Uh, but it, it's up to us. You can't, you know, you couldn't have blamed, if we wouldn't have won that game last night, you couldn't have blamed Keith Stroud. Um, no. So, but yeah, he and I think Zach's been playing well. And the way Nigel Pearson picks the team is, if you're in and you're doing it, you'll stay in. It doesn't matter who's available, you'll stay in. Now we think Thomas Callas will come back and play right centre back. I think in the fullness of time he will, because at the end of the day, he's a Czech international and he's a far better player than than Zach. And I think Zach would say that himself. Yeah. Um, so. Um, yeah, I, I think of the centre-backs last night, I, I'd mark Atkins in the highest, obviously, because of the two goals. And I'd give Closer and Viner the same marks. And Viner improved his passing in the second half and he was getting the ball into those wide areas. So yeah, Semenyo could run out into the wide area from a central position, get the ball, and then get turned. And if he gets turned against you, like I said earlier on, you're in a load of trouble. No, you're right. You're right, Mark. Um, you started talking. You want to talk about Keith Stroud? Ian's opened the conversation uh, with him there. Uh, he lost control of the game in the end because he was chucking yellow cards all over the place. But that lad Fernandez, who was pretty useless for uh, Preston, um, the number two, he clattered into uh, he clattered into uh, Scott and didn't even get a booking for that. But Stroud, what a nasty, horrible little man he is. Although as Dave said in the text feed he was a replacement for Doughty who hates us according to Dave but uh, Stroud was up to he's been called various things I called him on Twitter last night a class one bracket uh, asterisk 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 T yeah and other people have said similar but um, you know he, he showed he can't control games when it starts getting a bit heated and frantic yeah I mean the, the the assistant referee on on my side in the Lansdowne was seemed afraid to raise his flag. Oh, was, awful! The, sim- the simplest of throw-ins, but there were two incidents. The first incident was right at the start of the second half when Fernandez caught Sykes high up. Uh, he, he was nowhere near the ball, and he caught him, and he went down injured. Fernandez, and then that one, he went right through the back of through the back of Alex Scott. I don't know what game he's watching, and uh, it, like we said, we didn't even get a free kick, and Preston were niggly. 
you know, those little tap fouls. I mean, Bro- and Birmingham did this on Saturday as well. Lots of fouls around the halfway line, and God knows how many chances a referee gives gives a player before before he uh, you know he gets booked because David Silva was booked in the first half. I think he was unlucky. Both his feet, I think, were on the ground. Even his trailing leg. Stroud looked at it, took 10 seconds before he blew the whistle and then thought, oh, but I might as well book him as well because McCann's on the floor. I don't mm. think the silver, dis- you know, deserved to be booked. But there were just lots of little niggly fouls. And Fernandez, he ended up going off injured, didn't he? Which I think contributed to those seven minutes of injury time. But two, I mean, either both of them, I mean, the second one was a definite booking. What was he, which game was he looking at? It was awful. It was awful, and he did lose control of the game a little bit. Uh, yeah. And it, you know, if we hadn't, if we hadn't have got that winner, you know, Finks could have could have been nasty. There could have been a flare up. There wasn't. <clears throat> no, we got the winner, and as we say, the alleged seventeen and a half thousand crowd, four hundred and some odd from Preston. Uh, they didn't. Was it four hundred? Didn't look that yeah. many, did it? No, uh, it said four hundred. I missed the seventeen until I read it on the. BBC website uh, today, but look, we went home happy and we've ended up in 11th. I mean, Dave, I know you don't like looking at batches of games, so let's just look at, well, let's just look at the next week. It was three. They come thick and fast now, but against Millwall at the weekend, the side that are probably going to play in a similar way to Preston, do you think the, uh, do you think there'll be any changes in there? The question is whether Williams can manage two games in 72 hours. Well, less than 72 hours. But uh, would you stick with that starting 11 on Saturday? Assuming everyone's fit, not fatigued, then then yeah, I see no reason to, to, to change it. I don't think there was any bad performances out there. There were a few a bit average, but... Yeah, I think everyone everyone did their did their job. So it'll come down to how fit. I think there's got to be a point where Joe Williams is pushed to 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 start two games on on the trot. You know, or certainly where it's you know midweek Saturday or Saturday midweek, depending on which way around the the fixtures come. And I and I honestly think this Saturday be the the, the time where he has to do it. Yeah. Ian, do you subscribe to that view? Stick with the same starting eleven. I bring Wales in for Conway. Because I think we've got good strikers, and I'm not talking about rotation for the sake of it. But I, I didn't think Con- I thought Conway was average last night. He was okay, um, and I think if you've got Wells in the side, uh, Millwall are a, a poor team away from home. They've had some good home wins, but they're a very poor team away from home. They picked up two points out the last eighteen, only scored four goals, conceded eleven. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it, it's it, you need a goal scorer on the pitch. I know Conway's a goal scorer; he's our top goal scorer. But uh, I, I bring Wells in for Conway if everybody else is okay. Oh, the other the other change I make, I would bring Campering in for uh, Jada Silva because this one thing Campering can do is he's fast. He gets down the line and he can cross a ball probably as well as anybody at the yeah. club. And he puts him in with a good height. When I say good height, I mean head height and pace. So I think it would benefit the strikers, but that's—I would say—that's the two changes I made. I think Nigel Pearson may go same again, or he may bring in bring in Naki Wells. Yeah, I agree, and I think I think if 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 you know if we're trying to put ourselves in Pearson's shoes, then I think the only one he'll probably make is 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 Wells for for Conway. But, you know, yeah, like like you, I'd probably start campering as well. Mm. Would you agree with that, Mark? 
Yeah, I like Cam Fring's directness. Reminds me a bit of Mark Little. He'll just hit. He'll just hit that space. You know, head up. Just go for it. Um, I don't. It, I. I mean, he's been completely out the side. Apart from, I think a couple of substitute. I think I can't remember of him getting any minutes apart from Saturday's game against Birmingham. He's been right out the side, hasn't he? Since I think Bournemouth last season. So well, Preston was the one, wasn't it, where he went on a foray four and yeah, lost the ball. Yeah, well. Less less said about that, the better. Just just one of those things. That's, yeah. That was back in January. No, he could but... come in there. Uh, Davis said, uh, well, you're, you're in the studio with us, David, but you said on the text, a bit like Dave Smith. And I know what you mean there. I know what you mean, Dave Smith, who, uh, incidentally, Dave Rennie, our former player, talked about. I interviewed Dave Rennie last week, and I'll upload that uh, when I get a moment. But a good interview with our former midfielder, Dave Rennie, which uh, I'm sure everybody will listen to. Okay, um, I mean, look, we've got we've got Millwall at home, and then we've got two away fixtures. Um, a tricky one at West Brom, as somebody said on I think Radio Bristol last night. It's a shame that Steve Bruce hasn't has gone already, because they may have a new manager in place by then. I don't know who the runners and riders are for that. And then at the weekend, we've got Reading, who surprised everybody by where they are uh, in the table. But uh, Dave, coming back to you, um, when everybody is fit, yeah, when everybody's fit and we're heading that way, yeah, um, Ian's already said Viner for Callas, yeah, even though our improved form over the last six months has coincided with Callas being out on paper, he is a better player. But where do you play Cal Naismith? When, when we've got more than, as I posted earlier, when we've got more than three centre-backs fit, I'll worry about it then. Because it's all a bit futile, really, isn't it? I think, you know, we can all... Well, it's just an opinion, though, Dave. I mean, you know, because yeah, we've said on the... You, you've, you've seen me saying on the pod, and Ian said it, you know, Naismith, he's had a few ricks in him this season, yeah? He was bought for a purpose, and whilst it's been very effective, and it was in the early part of September, right? He ain't the best central defender out there, yeah? And if he is... All right, let me ask you this question, yeah? never mind Callas, right? Naismith was off with a little niggle, right? Um, do, do, if Naismith was available this weekend, which clearly nobody thinks he is, but let's say he's available for West Brom on Tuesday and we win, let's say we beat Millwall 2-0, say, at home. If Naismith's available... Do you bring him in? Do you drop Viner and move Kloss to the right? And Kloss looked particularly uncomfortable when he was on the right of a three. You know, Kloss is either centre or left. So, different question. Not when you've got three centre arms. Just when when he's fit, yeah, does he walk straight back into the side? Because, as everybody was saying, he was integral to the way Nigel Pearson wanted to play. I'm pretty, I'd be pretty principled in my team selections, a bit like Pearson is. And if you know, we've just won and people have played well and they're they're totally fit, then no, I wouldn't change it. I think that's why you, that's how you build the culture you've got at the club by not just playing the player based on his reputation. You play, you know, if people have got the shirt, they keep it. And I'm you know, I'm a big believer in that. So no I wouldn't. And you okay. know people All have right. to stop Sim- Yeah, okay. Interesting you say you're playing well, you keep the shirt. But Andy Vyman, somebody said on the text feed here, he's he seems undroppable. And had Andy Vyman, because Andy Vyman, his game started to turn 
not as good. Yeah, started well. The Blackburn, even though we won that game, he was a bit quiet there. He's become progressively less. I don't agree. I don't agree with that, that David. He 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 got two assists, two great. Did he? Oh, I stand oh, corrected. Yeah. Sorry, I sorry. The home right subsequent to Blackburn, his game hasn't been as effective. So, it, it, taking your point, Dave, that you know you play well, you keep the shirt. He hasn't been playing well for a number of weeks, and you know he did okay last night, as you said. So. The manager's not consistent in that respect because Feynman's, you know, that hasn't. I think he was taken off. Someone's one replacing though, Dave, aren't you? Who, who's who's going to play in that position without taking someone out of another position? Because I guess you know most people think that the two candidates to play in the Andy Vyman role are either Alex Scott, who I think is too important to take out of midfield, or yeah. Mark Sykes, and then. You're under a question then about do you take Sykes away from right wing back? You know, I wouldn't be against that. Well, it's I funny last night, Dave. Sorry to interrupt. Funny last night that after Martin came on, to me, it did look for a moment as though Vyman did drop back to right wing back, didn't he? Yeah. Or, yeah, he did. I know yeah. it was only yeah. for a couple of minutes. Yeah. But I don't think we're going to swap Sykes and Vyman around to no. take Vyman out of the number 10 position, are we? Mm, I don't okay. think that's going to happen. All right. You know, but so so I think you know maybe he's slightly fortunate at the moment. I, I wouldn't say he's playing badly. He's, no. he's not been playing as good as he did in opening six eight games, but you know he's had he's had bits of good games in, in there, and I think he probably just about keeps his place at the moment. I think Nige made comment didn't he pre game that he doesn't see Andy Vyman as undroppable, although he did then say, but I think he's one of those players who needs to play through a, a slightly below par run of form. So yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's a difficult one. And he might come back. Look, he could well come back with a couple of goals on uh, Saturday and uh, the world's a better place. Ian, we talked there of uh, uh, players keeping the shirt and speculating on when Callas comes back. But I think Naismith's going to be available before uh, Callas, I think. Ian, you might be able to fill me in on when we yeah, expect Naismith back. They, from what Pearson's last uh, public utterance in the press conference uh they were both they were both 10 days away now that's right. maybe 10 days away from being in full training um but uh they could come back at at the same time i mean i've, I've suggested i think naismith could do a good job in midfield um i'm not 100 percent concerned um in this formation but then again you if if anything happens to andy Vyman, it's not written in stone that you have to play with a 10. You can turn it into a more narrow 3-5-2 like we played under Cots or or another uh, formation altogether. So um, I, I think Naismith could play left wing back. Yes, he's not as quick as Campering or um, Jada Silva, but he can pass and he can cross a ball. And yeah. wing backs normally get a decent amount of space to do it in. If you saw, you saw the space that Jada Silva had against Coventry. Sometimes he was in 10, 15 metres of space out on the left flank. Yeah. Didn't do anything with it. But um, that that's an option. Or he can play in a holding midfield. You could see that more in a in a 4-2-3-1. And I can't see Nigel Pearson changing the formation that much. Uh, but, yeah, it's not mandatory you've got to play with a 10. But I think they're, but Callas and Naismith, are probably worth a place in the team, but there there is a debate around where, particularly if 
Uh, Rob Atkinson's in, in great form. I mean, at the start of the season, I, I looked at it and I thought, well, closer in the middle, Callas on the right, Naismith on the left. Um, and and then you look at other other people, uh, Zach Viner uh, being there as cover, remembering that he came back from the land of the banished. Um, so you've then got other options. So we can play quite a few different formations. We could play a four-five-one. We could play a three-four-three. Yeah. Three. We could do all kinds of stuff with with the players that we've got. But you know, I, I think it, it would be worth seeing that we've got to cure this. The wing backs don't uh, assist. That's the point, Ian. That's a hundred percent the point. And score enough. We've, that's a hundred percent the point about the wing backs. Everybody can see. And we've got to score it. You know, someone's um, just uh, sent a tweet out that says, why are we playing with wing backs when they can't cross the ball? Yeah. So, you know, that. so that's something else that uh, Nigel Pearson and his coaches have got to uh, sit down as well. Yeah. <laughs> Many things they've got to sit down and they've got to look and at it realistically and sort, you've sort made, it out. Yeah, you've made an absolute point there that, I mean, Mark, and 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 David made it as well. You know, like the wing backs. And, okay, they can't cross, but Sykes did put in that cross. But you know, M- Mark, um, I'm I'm looking at the team that started last night, and I look at Sykes, and I know he didn't assist, and I look at JDS, and I'm thinking, overall, you know, th- th- those are probably the still the wing backs are the two most suspect positions where we haven't got it right because you know they aren't getting balls into the box from midway inside the half and they're not getting to the byline and Sykes started the season well he's gone off just a little bit but you know do you do you see that the weak the weakness in the team where we're flawed Nigel's lineup is flawed because still those wing backs aren't doing it as much as we would like well wing wing backs don't just have to continually pump balls into the area and i think the crosses, uh, you could say they're poor. There's no, there's no players getting across the, get, getting in, getting across the, the in the near side of defenders to take the ball early. We're waiting for the ball to hit players. That that's going to be difficult at this level. So what the, those those wing backs can do is to pull the opposing centre backs, um, left full backs out wide. So you need to support. They can play. They can bring play, team players into play. You don't just have to continually pump the ball into the area. You know you watch how the better teams play, like Manchester City. It's just recycling that ball. You know, making making space, playing in triangles until until you you make make the space for the pass and you know that that pass into into the area. So it's not just about pumping balls in. That's I think that's been the problem. We just we just look at it one way when they they're there really to to make the pay, make the pitch look bigger, draw defenders out of position, but they need they need support on the inside from the the midfielders coming up, or are you you know or somebody like Rob Atkinson, uh, one of the centre backs coming up to play play an auxiliary role. So there's you know there's different ways to play. It's just it's perception I think that wing backs are just there to sling the ball in the box. If if that was the case, we're wasting our time the way we play, you know. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, just, just final question for uh, all, all of you, really, just to, to wrap up. I mean, Dave, assume we beat Millwall at the weekend. Can't assume anything in this league, though. That would put us on 21 points with effectively a third of the season gone. You extrapolate that over a full season. It's 63 points. You know, we're, we're going to be inconsistent, as, as people have said uh, in, in, in various media. You know, it's a very open division, but... You know, the third point of the se- third way stage through the season, a predicted end of eleventh is going to keep everybody happy. It's not settling for second best, but at the start of the season, if we said this season before we have the big clear out next summer, we're going to get a a position that is twelfth or above. You wouldn't get too many complaints about that, would you? No, I think you know it would show progress. We're still working on a really small squad aren't we you know we mm. have more outgoings and incomings in the summer so you know we're stretched thin and probably what we've seen over the last few weeks is what happens when key players are, are injured like like matt james and, and cal naismith you know notwithstanding yeah. the debate we've just had about you know who's in possession of the, of the shirt just now but when we're stretched that's when we get exposed and when we get the kind of performance that we had at birmingham which you know it's unacceptable, but you know, shit happens. Um, yeah, but when we, but when we do have a strong eighteen, that's generally when we're playing our our best stuff and we're our our, our A game. And yeah, the, and the more often we can get a strong eighteen available, where what you're doing then is you're pushing each other on during training as well. So you're yeah. keeping standards up. That's when we'll we'll do all right. So we're probably you know, there's probably a correlation that probably says when we. When we've got most players fit, we probably get better results. And when we've got less players fit, and and yeah. I think we just have to 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 go. That's kind of not sitting on the fence or anything. I think we're an, an evolving team, and we're going to have good performances. We're going to have bad performances. We're going to have some some in between. And you know, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to get too high after a win. Like no, no. I'm to get too low after a, after a defeat either. I think you know, we just, I think we're generally we are trending up. But it's slow. And I yeah, think we just it is. And go with it, it is. Okay. Ian, they said we're an evolving team. So come the summer, it's all going to go to ratchet, really, because there's so many players out of contract, you know, so we start another rebuild. But so two two things there. Um, you know, a finish, assuming we beat Millwall, a predicted finish on the whole season. Yeah, a lot can happen. But a predicted finish of mid-table is what most people would have been happy with this season. But then with all the out of contracts next summer and, and even players that are in contract attracting bids, you know, it's back to square one again, isn't it? Ian. Hello, Ian. So, sorry, oh, Dave. Sorry, oh, sorry, Dave, I was on, yeah, Ian. <laughs> I was on mute. Um, all right. I think yeah, we'll have the... Question. Well, I think we'll have the... The nucleus of of a strong team, you know, if if, if you look at it, but it, it depends. Um, we know that Semenyo won't sign a new contract, or it's extremely unlikely he will. So he'll likely be sold, and and the longer he, the closer he gets to the end of his contract, Alamasengo, um, he can afford to bide his time, and that's what his dad, yeah. who's his agent, uh, will probably be advising him to do. Uh, but he yeah. needs a strong, he needs a strong season. But we've got, I think it's 15 or 16 players out of contract. 
Um, there's half a dozen of them have, have got clauses. Semenyo's one, Max O'Leary's another uh, that we'll hang on to. There are some that have got clauses that we won't hang on to. So it is a, a watershed in, in the club's movement. Uh, and wouldn't it work out brilliantly if we were to get promoted? Because we can get rid of, with great respect to them, players that can't play in the Premier League. The ones that can would probably be far, far more likely to sign a new contract. Um, so this season with a, I won't call it a week, but I'll call it an average or a slightly indifferent championship. Um, why not really go for it? And we've got the January window coming up. Um, mm. So I, I, my, my view is go for it. Uh, I, I think we've, we've, we need that and we know that we're going to get Obviously, depends what happens when our accounts come out and if we're in breach of FFP. Well, um, the accounts should so, be out in the next, I'll say, eight weeks, I would have thought. You'd agree with that, Dave? Yeah, the accounts out sometime in November? Yeah, I've, I've heard they're pretty much ready. They've announced the women's. You know, I guess that's feeding into the whole yeah. women's. And, <laughs> I guess the only worrying thing of what you said there, Ian, about, you know, we can get rid of a load of players. It takes me back to summer of 2000, well, spring of 2004, when that playoff uh, defeat against Brighton, you know, a lot of those players were out of contract that year. And that was another classic case of uh, City not showing up because it would have been like Turkey's voting for Christmas. And unless I... Uh, if I recall correctly, when we got to the playoff final in 2008, all of those players right. knew that they were guaranteed some sort of contract if we got to the Prem, because a few of them, I think, would have been out of contract. I don't know if I'm correct in saying that, but certainly 2004. Well, they would all, well. Yeah, but Dave, they, they would also have been on promotion bonuses and things like that. So I True. think you're wrong. Well, promotion um, bonuses, but getting a contract as well. You know, you look at that team. Have we gone up that day against Hull? Or, well, yeah. Anyway, it's all conjecture because, as you say... We, well, we those players fashion. were also, if they got up under Gary Johnson, and this is something I never agreed with, they were also guaranteed wage, wage rises. That's what I mean, for promotion. So, it, so it, they it, had something. No, they yeah, so they were protected. You, yeah. then, you then finish up. They, yeah, they they get a contract renewal and a way they knew what the wage rise would be, so they knew what they were playing for, and I don't think that came into it. But th- I did, I, it didn't in two thousand and eight, but I think it did in two thousand and four. That's my view. Well, it's just that's, that's ancient. That's ancient history now, it David. Is. It, it is. Mean, it is. You know, anyway, but, look, we need to press on. Mark, just final quick one from you, mate. If if we finish, if we were to finish halfway come first week of May, although the final weekend's fixture is going to have to be altered because it's Coronation Day. But, you know, if we finish 12th, 11th or 10th, that's going to keep most people happy, isn't it, really? Yeah, um, because I mean, right now we're such a small squad. Injuries and suspensions will really hit us. Can't see us doing any, having any transfer activity in January unless, unless players are sold. That means clubs have got to want to buy, buy them and yeah. Will they reach our our determined value? Probably not. What we what we think what, you know we what we want for Scott and Semenya will probably be too much for uh, clubs to, to part money with. So, you know, we got some we got some uh, we got a, uh, we got probably eighteen players, who, who, you know, who, who, who can play who can play well. 
the the other ones coming in there's not there's not a lot behind them unfortunately and and I hope that we see you know the emergence of Dylan Kaji as a central midfielder this season I hope uh, he uh, gets you know the time to build some some build some form I imagine he'll get a chance against Lincoln um, early in November, yeah, uh, and that we you know we can bring those we can we can you know we can bring those players players through yeah. because and we haven't got any money you know we and, well we haven't got any money it. and it'll be like having a new player and I know he's not yeah. proven but it was good to see Eamon Benarus on the training ground and of course you know, yeah, he's, and he's back. a player. he'll be back in the new year won't he's he? going to so be a player coming back in the new year that mm. excites everybody what we've seen the under twenty ones are doing very well so. You know, it's not it's not so bad. It's it's funny how you know a win, a hard earned win, can uh, can make the the, the 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 everything seem a lot brighter. Even more think, so if I, we beat Millwall. I think the other the other thing, David, is that the, the football this season has been so much better. Yeah, got on, and the home form. I mean, the home form. Nice we've thing. been. I know we lost to QPR and we lost to Sunderland, but people have been entertained at home. Yeah, and I think somebody that I think Loud Lisa said we only conceded six goals at home this season in, in seven games. So, you know, the home form is not bad at all. Okay, guys, look, Dave, great to have you on again after a gap. Let's not leave it so long next time. I know you've got commitments and uh, it's not, not as easy for you to come on as you used to, but really good to have your contribution. Ian, as always, uh, great to have you on. You as well, Mark. We've all got uh, work of some description to do. So uh, everybody that's listened this morning live, thanks for that. And uh, if you listen for part of it, the full recording will be uh, uploaded by lunchtime on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google. But in the meantime, everybody, thanks for listening. And guys, thanks for contributing. All the best, everybody. Have a good day. Cheers, now. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. 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 Sweet song, oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up, get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields, a flower, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when red, red robins are bubba-bubbing along. Red Robin come bob-bob-bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin starts bobbing along. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. 
Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.